And I have been gone for a little bit. All this traveling and moving across country. Been gone for a minute. Welcome. Glad to have you here. We are back. Uh, I'm going to switch gears on you today. We're going to talk about federal disability retirement. So uh, get your notepads out if this applies to you. If you're somebody that's uh, been injured severely and you're no longer able to work, this is a podcast. We're going to switch gears and talk a little bit more about other categories that your injury um, has affected. So without further ado, let's get started on federal disability retirement. Okay, ready? So, first and foremost, uh, welcome. Uh, If you are new to the podcast and um, you haven't uh, heard my podcast before, uh, welcome. Glad to have you here. Uh, First and foremost, this Federal Workers Comp Coffee Break podcast is uh, hosted by me, Dr. Taylor. I am the Federal Workers Comp Consultant, doing it for 27 years. Uh, Here at this podcast, we discuss all sorts of topics related to OWCP and FECA and DOL, Longshore, and Federal Disability Retirement Today, and any other type of federal workers' compensation-related topics. In this short coffee break format, we we like to discuss common topics related to filing an appropriate claim, uh, the rules and provisions of workers' comp, and rights and responsibilities. We also cover tips on how to successfully navigate federal workers' comp to assist with your claim. And sometimes in these kind of cases, um, people don't get better. And for some reason, that didn't work out. And you end up being severely injured with permanent injuries. And employment becomes a significant problem. And for people that that is a factor, this podcast is for you. People who are considering, okay, I'm not going back to work. And my doctor won't let me go back to work. So what are my options and what are my choices? So without further ado, let's get started. And as usual in this podcast format, we like to get our coffee going and get started. So let's get started with federal disability retirement. Federal disability retirement, um, we're going to talk about OPM, okay? And we're going to talk about FERS. Okay, these are common terminologies um, that uh, you hear thrown around. So let's do some basics. Now, first of all, I want to start off by saying I'm not a, uh, uh, a federal disability retirement expert. I know a little bit and I understand how it affects you. So we're just going to talk about in generality how the process works. What are some of the qualifications? What are the big alarms and landmines not to step on and mistakes? So <clears throat> let's dive in. <coughs> Sorry. All right. Um, You may be eligible for benefits through the Office of Personnel Management if you're considering federal disability retirement because you're ineligible for being able to go back to work. So if you're an employee of the federal government or the United States Postal Service, who seems to be the ones that are asking me the most about this because seem to be the people who get hurt the worst, and, uh, and you're a federal worker that, you know, suffers from injuries or illness that prevent you from providing your job position requirements or any other useful service in, um, in your current or any other type of position that may be offered. You may qualify for disability retirement benefits through what's called the Office of Personnel Management. Now, your disability does not have to be work-related to qualify for retirement or disability benefits through Office of Personnel Management But for today's podcast, most of what we're going to cover is related to those people that are my audience, which are injured federal workers. Um, 
So if your injury can have existed prior to you being hired as a federal civil employee, so there are other ways to qualify. But let's concentrate on you guys. So today I'll step out of this this usual OWCP discussion, usual topics, because I have so many people that ask me questions about federal retirement and all this related stuff, Social Security Disability, FERS, CRRS, or um, Civil Service Retirement System. Uh, disability filing, especially uh, in the post office. I literally get every week a question in my email and several patients. So I'll try to explain these very basics um, understanding related to the disability retirement filing process for uh, Federal Employment Retirement System employees. We were going to refer to this from this point forward as FERS, F-E-R-S. Now first, OWCP, our Federal Workers' Comp System, is not a retirement system. So you cannot retire or be offered a retirement annuity or disability status through OWCP, okay? You can be offered disability retirement, but through OWCP in a temporary uh, format, okay? OWCP compensates injured federal workers who are unable to work with the ultimate goal of returning back to work. This is considered temporary total disability. Most of you guys, if you are not working, are on that level of status. So OWCP compensation is considered temporary and also means that an injured worker's incapacitation is total and is not able to engage in any other meaningful type of work. In federal disability retirement, the U.S. Office of Personnel Management, we'll refer to it as OPM from here, the, here on out, considers a person who receives a FERS disability retirement annuity to be allowed to also work in another job as long as it is identifiably distinguishable from the former federal job from which the federal disability retirement benefits are received. And so long as one remains under their 80% rule, that's a cap on how much your earning potential is. I'm not going to go into great detail on that, but I do want to cover it in general terms. All right, here's here's, here's a common scenario. All right, here's my emails you guys sent me. I'm going to summarize. Doc, I have a federal workers' compensation injury case. My doctor will not let me perform the essential position functions. Post office is not going to take me back. They told me they don't want me back. They don't have a position for me. Or they say there's no more light duty. There's no modified duty or alternate positions available. And the post office says they cannot take me back. So now what do I do? That's a common email. I get a ton of them. Common question in my clinical practice too. All right, here we go. How do we answer this? If you find that you can no longer perform the essential functions of your job, or you cannot perform certain duties of your job, there are options available to you that will protect the benefits you've earned in your federal service. Okay, this inability to perform your required duties may be caused by a mental or physical illness, injury, or both. But again, it does not have to be on the job injury illness. But most of the people listening are federal workers, so this is the stuff that applies to you. There are times that your employing agency, like the post office, may try to accommodate your disability by giving you a light duty assignment. They may find you a different position that allows you to provide another type of service to the post office, which is their obligation under the provisions of Workers' Comp Federal. This will not disqualify you from obtaining a disability retirement status annuity through Office of Personnel Management. Even if your employing agency does try to accommodate your disability and or restrictions, you still might not be receiving all the benefits that you're entitled to receive. You can qualify for OPM and still be and still accept an alternate position. I know people have done that. 
I don't see it as often in the post office, but I see it in other branches of government. My agency or the post office, okay, these are questions that you guys send me, is proposing to separate me or remove me from my service. All right. There is a possibility that your employing agency will remove you from service due to your disability. Usually this process starts when you've missed over a year due to a work-related injury or missed, you know, FMLA, been off work for being sick or whatever, but it usually starts after you've been for a consistent year, calendar year. When this happens, your employer usually states that they are removing you from medical inability to perform the essential functions of your position. If you've ever gotten that letter, it's a common phrase. If this happens to you, you do have options. If you have been issued a proposed notice of termination or have been issued a final termination letter for this reason, listen up. You only have one year from the date of the final separation to file for disability retirement benefits. If your employment agency is trying to remove you or they have removed you, there are a lot of distinct disability-related factors you got to consider. First of all, you're considered disabled under OPM disability retirement rules if your particular physical or psychiatric condition prevents you from continuing to perform efficient service in the federal service. So their standard is different from what other types of disability like VA or Social Security disability is. So in theory, it is not so much what your medical condition is, but how that condition interferes with the quality of your federal work performance. Even if you're accommodated, but you can't work efficiently, you may still qualify for federal disability retirement pension, so know your rights. Common question, what are the minimum requirements to apply for disability requirement annuity through OPM? Well, first, federal disability retirement benefits are only available to federal employees that are career employees. You can either be a full-time or part-time employee as long as you are considered a career employee. You will also have to be enrolled in one of the two retirement systems for federal employees. You must be enrolled in either Civil Service Retirement System, CSRS, or the Federal Employment Retirement System, also known as FERS. If you were hired, I think, in federal service on or after, I believe, January 1 of 87, you're most likely enrolled under FERS. <clears throat> so let's go over FERS disability retirement requirements because it applies to about 90% of you guys listening out there. There are several requirements for FERS disability retirement. You must be in a federal position covered by FERS with at least 18 months of credible service and become disabled. The following criteria must be documented in order to qualify for FERS. Now, these are formal requirements criteria. I'm just going to read them to you. Criteria 1, a deficiency in service with respect to performance, attendance, or conduct, or in the absence of any actual service deficiency, is showing that the medical condition is incompatible with either useful service or retention in the position. Next criteria, a medical condition that is defined as a health impairment resulting from disease or injury, including work-related injury or psychiatric disease. Criteria, the next criteria, a relationship between the service deficiency and the medical condition such that the medical condition has caused a service deficiency. The duration of the medical condition, both past and expected, and a showing that the condition in all probability will continue for at least one year from the date the application for disability retirement has been filed. Another, another criteria is the inability of the employing agency to reasonably accommodate the employee's medical condition. That's you guys that don't have anything. They say, well, we don't have anything to do. You don't have modified duty. We won't have anything for you. That happens commonly to work-related injuries. Also, the employing agency's consideration of the employee for reassignment to any vacant position within the employing agency and community area. 
at the same grade or pay level for which the employee is qualified. Okay, that's the criteria. Each retirement system has different qualifications and different annuity calculations. Under the civil service retirement system, you must have performed efficient service for at least five years. That's the older system most of y'all are not in. Under FERS, you have to be performed, you have to have performed successfully at least 18 months of credible service. Under both systems, by the way, your disability must be expected by your doctor to be documented to, to last for at least 12 months or more. Okay, briefly, let me explain the payout just so you understand in a very general way. In a general way. Regardless of which retirement system you're enrolled in, the minimum annuity will be 40% of your salary. That's called the high three average. You can look it up on the um, first system. If you are a civil service retirement uh, uh, system, the maximum benefit you'll receive is 80% of your high three average. The maximum you'll receive under FERS, which is most of you guys, is 60% of your three average. And that is only for the first year that you receive an annuity. After your first year, the annuity will drop down to 40% of your high three average. So guess what, guys? Disability retirement pays a lot less than working and workers' comp. Just the truth. Now, one important fact to remember, under FERS, you are required to apply for Social Security Disability. Did you catch that? You are not required to be approved for Social Security Disability. You are required to apply and you have to prove that, that you've applied. So first disability requirement is usually an easier standard to meet than SSDI, but you have to prove that you have filed for SSDI. Now remember, to establish your claim, OPM's gonna require some evidence, then there's uh, some supporting documents that they require from you, uh, your employing agency, or most of you, the Postal Service, and your physician. This includes applicant's statement of disability standard form known as SF, 3112. There's a documentation in support of disability retirement and application for immediate retirement standard form known as SF 3107. Now also on SF 3112A at the very bottom of the standard form there are two boxes to check with respect to whether you have A applied for Social Security disability benefits, check that box, and B whether the re receipt has been attached and included with one's federal disability retirement application. Make sure that the receipt that you have applied for Social Security Disability Benefits is attached. Under FERS, if you are approved for SSDI, there will be an offset to your disability retirement payout from OPM. Your first year, they will offset 100% of your SSDI and after the first year, they will offset 60% of your SSDI. That means they're gonna take it out. You must meet a different standard of disability to be approved for SSDI. So you have to understand the, the way the benefits and pros and cons of being approved for Social Security Disability and FERS. Because SSDI is not going to add a certain amount of income. A lot, it, It's a lot less than you think because they're gonna take so much of your uh, benefit and pull out that percentage that we just discussed when you when you do get qualified for both. First disability retirement can be applied for within one year of separation and generally okay it commences immediately following your last time in a pay status. Now OPM's review process can take months and sometimes longer than year or years. 
for most applicants, this also means many months of no pay. So you have to be proactive, guys. You can do you can do without money for some time, for some time, but mostly you cannot do it for without it for months and months. And it does take a long time. And these are difficult filings. Um, if you're a worker that's been federal injured, guess what? You know that already because you've been dealing with the bureaucracy and delays for years. It's no different with OPM. Here's a big warning to my audience, okay? If you're a federal worker or postal employee, listen up. Receipt of disability benefits from OPM and total or partial disability benefits from the Office of Workers' Compensation Program, OWCP, at the same time, is considered a dual benefit and is strictly prohibited, okay? You can elect to receive whatever benefit is more advantageous. However, receiving an OWCP scheduled award and OP benefits at the same time is not prohibited. So remember, if you're on some kind of work status and you're, you're getting workers' compensation, you cannot receive workers' compensation at the same time that you receive OPM benefits. You have to choose one or the other, and OPM benefits usually pays less. So make an informed decision. Um, I guess the best way to explain it is remember, your work status has to be finalized to either retirement, disability, or back to work in order to receive a scheduled award. And you cannot have OPM benefits unless retirement, disability, or back to work status has also been finalized so that you're not receiving workers' compensation if to qualify for OPM. But OWCP DOL job-related disability payments are supposed to be temporary benefits only. Remember that. Most of the time, even if your doctors are filling out your off-work CA forms appropriately, OWCP will try to get second opinion doctors to dispute your temporary disability status. Be prepared for this. Be prepared. Eventually, even if you are truly disabled, they'll find a way to get someone to agree that you can do some type of sedentary work to shut down your case. We all know that this is common practice, so expect it. Your caseworker is under pressure to find some doctor that's willing to put you at some level of sedentary work, and they challenge everyone's disability. Don't take it personal. That's just what they're taught to do. And they're going to do it as long as they can, as many times as they can, until they get someone to shut you down. So what I recommend doing in most cases where your doctor will not let you work is to apply for OPM disability retirement benefits until OWCP cancels your benefits for good or until you can no longer take all the harassment from OWCP. If you don't file for OPM disability retirement and your agency finally separates you from federal service, remember this, you only have one year from the date of separation to file for federal disability retirement benefits. If you fail to file within that time frame, guys, you will lose your right to file for federal disability retirement benefits forever. Okay? Important. This is yet another reason why you should take your OPM disability retirement preparation seriously. Get in front of this. In this case, if you do qualify for this level of OPM disability retirement and later OWCP decides to terminate their benefits, you can then activate your OPM disability retirement benefits, but you can also elect to not uh, accept them even if you're qualified. I know people that have qualified for OPM retirement over the years 
and are offered a complete different long-term modified duty position in government service, in the same service, different service, government, and they decided to take it because working pays way better than first retirement with OPM. So working on what is the best fit for you is important, your budget and your family. Don't wait until someone makes the decision for you and puts you in a financial bind. Disability retirement can be complicated and it affects a lot of injured postal workers and federal workers. Therefore, in order for you to qualify for disability retirement, your treating physician will need to be familiar with all the rules associated with these levels of disability retirement, FERS, CSRS, etc. You need to understand how to fill out the OPM medical forms. You need to find somebody that can explain your rights and responsibilities and what the forms are and how they're, they're supposed to be filled out. So if you're trying and you live in Florida or Oklahoma and you're an injured federal worker that needs a medical provider to assist with these forms and filings and you're having trouble, reach out to me for assistance. Please, postal workers, also reach out to the National Association of Letter Carriers Retirement Department. They are very good at this. If you need help with disability retirement and you are, you are a letter carrier, you work for the post office, their phone number is one 800 424-5186. That number again is 1-800-424-5186. They are the real experts on this topic. I definitely recommend you talking to them. Also, if you're considering filing for federal retirement with OPM and you need to file with SSDI, there are some terrific lawyers out there that are very helpful in getting out uh, all these filings and approvals in an expedited fashion. Doing it for yourself can be time-consuming and cumbersome. Most people get at least one or two denies, denials that take a long time to get approved, and you go broke during that process. So if you are forced in a situation where you cannot wait a year or two to get approved and you need a good disability attorney, they're on the Internet. I can't recommend one over the, the other because I work with a bunch of them. I've been doing it for 27 years. I know almost all of them, and some of them are great. So uh, I highly recommend that. I also recommend you shop around and listen to each of them spill to decide what's the best fit for you. Now, I think I think that does it. So uh, we're going a little long. I think that does it for this episode. Okay. So I want to thank you for listening. I want to remind you to share this prod- podcast with any other federal workers you think would benefit from this information. Also, if you need a, a medical provider... <clears throat> uh, for your OWCP or Federal Maritime case. In Florida, you can find me in Tampa and Jacksonville, several locations. To make a consult with me to discuss your case, or if you know someone in Florida who's recently injured as an older case, single lives denials, you can email me or call my clinic, 813-877-6900. Also, if you're in another state and you want me to assist you with any questions or for your claims, you can email me at fedcompconsultants at protonmail.com. Uh, as always, I want to remind you, I do this for free as a service to you. I know that uh, I cannot be all over the country, and sometimes you need to teach this stuff to your doctor. All right, I need to get going, uh, warm up this coffee. We're running long. So as usual, I want to thank all of you who put on that uniform, the badge, deliver that mail, take care of our veterans, and make this government run. This is a big thank you to all of you. I do this informational podcast for free just for you. We could not do this without all the work all of you guys out there do for us. I know how government work is hard it is, so this is a big thank you. And remember, if you've had an injured federal claim and you need claim assistance, I'm here to help. 
So I'll see you next time. I'm off to get my coffee um, answered. Uh, No, get my coffee warmed up and answer all you guys' emails. Also, you can find me on Twitter at FedCompPodcast. Drop me a message there as well. See you next time.